Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Yeah, the right to remain silent. Anything you say can and will be used against you in a court of law. You have a right to an attorney prior to or during any question. If you can't afford one, the court will appoint one for you. Do you understand your rights? And the wolf is at your door. You're running so that's for sure. This episode of Real Life, Real Crime, the podcast may contain descriptions of acts of violence or that of a sexual nature and should be for people that are 18 years or older. Heed my warning, people. I do not get the facts of these cases off of the internet or for some television show. The facts I'm retelling you were presented to me by the victims of the crimes or the perpetrators who committed the crimes against the victims. My descriptions of the crime scenes, what I saw with my own two eyes. If you're going to get offended, please turn this podcast off now. Thank you. Without further ado, let's talk about Glory Hole. All right. So back in, I think it was 2004, maybe 2005, I don't remember which year, I was working as a detective for the Livingston Parish Sheriff's Office, and the I got called in to um, <laughs> Chief Kearney Foster's office, and anytime he called for me to come downstairs, I would generally think, oh, Lord, what did I do now? And you know, a lot of people were scared of Chief Foster. I was never scared of him, but he— I mean, when I got called in this office, a lot of times it was what I called getting called on the carpet for something I screwed up and I was going to get my ass chewed out. But every time, rightfully so, that I got called on the carpet. But a lot of times it was just about cases and stuff. But anyway, Mr. Kearney called and said, hey, boy, I need you to come down here. 
I was like, oh, okay, yes, sir. And so I go down, and um, there was another – I'm not going to say any names on this one, and you'll see at the end why. And there was another detective that had got called in also. And so Kearney's sitting behind his desk, and I could see him in my mind's eye now. And y'all know, if you hadn't heard, he died, uh, passed from COVID. And that breaks my heart. And, and God bless his family and his beautiful wife. And um, But anyway, back to that day, he's he, I didn't know if I was in trouble. He said, come on, have a seat. And and. So I did, and the other detective was sitting with me, and he, he leaned back, and he steepled his fingers up, and, and he'd lean back in that big leather back chair, high leather back chair. He said, boys, we have a problem. I'm thinking, oh, shit, what did I do? And I said, okay. And he said, we got a real problem, and we, I didn't need you to handle it. I said, okay. And I'm thinking, maybe I'm, I'm off the hook here, right? And he said, but— I didn't know. So he said, we have a problem with complaints from citizens about they're going to our our parks and they're going to the restrooms and they've seen men engage in sexual activities with each other. I'm like, what the? And and he said, they've been also causing damage to property at these parks and and the men's bathroom stalls, they're cutting holes in the wall um, in between the stalls so they can have sex in, through these holes. I'm like, oh God, here we go. And some more. I, I hate to say, I, I'm sure it's not just a Livingston Paris thing, but it, you know, it, it was always seen that I was working some type of sex case. And I'm like, so Mr. Kerner, tell me. You know, what, what's the deal? And he said, in the last couple of months, we've received like three different complaints um, from two different places that you know, one guy was going in to use the restroom. He'd been jogging and, there were, and he could hear two guys basically screwing uh, in the stall. Like the whole, <laughs> the whole partition was shaking and there was some moaning and groaning going on. And they called it in. And by the time the Uniformed deputies got there. The guys had left and when they heard, you know, the other person in the restroom. And he said, and it happened again, and it happened a third time. He said, we need to do something about it. I'm like, okay, what are we going to do? And he said, well, I want you to go out there undercover and set them up. I'm like, okay, what do you, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm kind of lost. I'm, I'm like, how you want me to set them up? He said, I want one of y'all to go undercover, mic yourself up, and go in one of these stalls and see if somebody comes to solicit sex from me. I'm thinking, oh, God, here we go. I can I can only imagine what kind of shit show this is going to be. He said, you know, he gave me the locations, and he said, go out, do some reconnaissance on it, and Boom. <clears throat> boom, do some reconciling and, and come up with a plan, Woody, and and figure out how to, how to bust them. So I did. I went, we went to the three different locations. And, uh, okay, so this is happening during the daytime, y'all. And uh, 
like during business hours, not not at nighttime or anything like that. The parks were closed or whatever. The so we go out around lunchtime and we set off at a distance on this one park and I'm watching the men's bathroom. And sure enough, from around eleven o'clock, see a, a truck pull up. Guy doesn't get out, and then a few minutes later. Another truck comes cruising by, and then he came back cruising by and uh, saw the guy sitting in his truck. The guy gets out. He goes in. As soon as he goes in, the guy that was waiting in his truck gets out and goes in behind him, and they're in there for like 15, 20 minutes, and then and they both come out, and they leave and go their separate way. And I'm like, well, that's probably what they're talking about. So I go in, and and look at the stalls, and sure enough, there was, you open the door to the stall, it was, it was a two-stall bathroom, and you had the urinals on the wall, across from it, a two-stall bathroom, and the door swinging inward, and you lock it from the inside, when you, you open the door, you can see there is a hole um, in between, if you were sitting down on the toilet, it'd be almost at your face, we'll, we'll put it like that, okay? And I'm like, holy shit, is this really a thing? You know, I mean, the I'm not, I'm not bashing people for you know uh, being heterosexual or gay or whatever. I, that's not my my jam, right? But these people having strangers having sex in a bathroom that that kind of threw me for a loop. So I went to the next one and. Again, same t- type of thing. We saw numerous people coming and going on this one. Uh, this all on the same day during the, during the afternoon time, and it, the we saw males going and coming, you know, driving up, going in separately, coming out, and what have you. You could only assume that they're doing something. Now the problem with it is on busting them. I could have ran in the first time we saw two guys go in, but what are you going to do? Kick in the stall door? Uh, um, the I don't know you know you, you certainly have a reasonable expectation of privacy if you go in even it's a public restroom you're going in to to defecate or poo or whatever you want to call it you know I tell my son I'm reading the book everybody poops right I get that but the the if you go in the stall and you lock the door I would think that you had a certain reasonable expectation of privacy so you can't hit it like that. Go to the third one. The third one didn't even have uh, the glory hole thing. That I'll explain that term in a minute. Third one didn't even have the hole and thing, but there were definitely men going in, watching one person would show up, and then until another one would show up, and then one would go in, the other one would follow them in, and they had a reasonable um, amount of time to be engaged in some type of sexual activity, I would say. Of course, that's speculation until you can prove it. So I go and I look it up. I Googled it in men having sex in public bathrooms, and it came back glory hole. And and that's what they call the hole in the wall where somebody cuts it out. And I don't know what kind of tools it is because I, I, I know one of them was a uh, plywood divider, if you will, but another one was like this hard plastic material, I don't know, composite, whatever you call it. So, you you know, for you to go in there and do that, you're destroying public property, first of all. But then 
if you're going to cut a hole in the wall, there's a reason for it. And so glory hole is the term they use when males cut a hole in the wall in the bathroom stall specifically to have sex, anonymous sex usually, with another male. All right. I'm educated now, right? I know what a glory hole is. Now I had to get the plan together. So what I decided to do was get a team of three detectives, and I'm not going to say their names, myself and two other detectives. And we had a meeting. I said, look, this is what we're going to do. We can get a body mic, and you – oh, let me back up and digress. So here's how the glory hole works. When you go into a stall – and you sit down on the toilet, the, you don't just say, hey, you want to have sex? The, the, there's a foot tap. You do, do a three-foot tap. And the guy's in the a, a stall next to you isn't in there really taking a shit, and he's there to get a blowjob or whatever. He three-foot taps back, right? So that's the signal, and they, and they do it. So... I tell the detectives what we're going to do. We're going to body mic up and send one of you in, and you go in, and um, if if somebody comes in the stall next to you and they tap their foot three times, then you tap your foot back three times, and if they make a, a forward gesture like, you know, talk to you about sex or put their penis through the wall or whatever, then we'll have a code word. Once the law is broken and we'll have a code word and you say that, and then uh, when you say that code word, we'll know to come running in. All right. So game plan is, is developed. The biggest question is who's going to be the one that gets mic'd up. And I'm like, damn. And so they were like, uh-uh, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. I said, you know, why don't we draw straws for her to pick a number or something? So we did it actually ended up doing rock, paper, scissors. And guess what? I lost. But I told them, I said, I'm only doing one. You know, it's, I'll do the first one. And if we have to go to the next one, you know, one of you are going to have to do the, do the other one, right? So we go the next day. We park at an off-site location and um, where I knew there was a glory hole, and I mic'd up, and then the mic on my back, and we came up with the code word. I said, Woody, what's it going to be? And I said, well, if the law is broken, I'll say it's hot in here, and that's y'all's code word to come in and arrest the person because, you know, kick the stall door, whatever you got to do, because the laws, I'm, you know, I'm telling you the law has been broken. I can't, I'm not going to be able to scream it out on the microphone or whatever, but you, if I say it's hot in here, you come running and, and arrest the person. So we do it. We put the mic on my back. They tape it up. I pull around. Uh, I'm in an unmarked vehicle. I pull around. There's already a truck waiting there. And, I pull in and get out. It's it's a bright bluebird sky day. It was in the summertime, and there wasn't a lot of people around. I'm talking about like this was like on Wednesday, and in, in the middle of the business day, there's not a lot of people in the park. Um, the I get out, I walk in, 
and you know, I'm a little bit nervous. And, uh, uh, um, and I didn't look over at the, the guy in the truck beside me. It was parked a couple spots away and it was a black male. And so I get out and I walk in, I go in the first stall and I, I closed the door and I locked it and I sat down on the toilet. And sure enough, within a minute or two, I hear somebody come in. I hear the stall door open next to me and I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, you know, what's the hell is going to happen? Right. Then I hear, and I'm like, Oh shit, here we go. So I went, I tapped back and, and I heard a voice say, Hey, and I said, Hey, <laughs> no law broken there. Right. And it, it, in a public restroom, even though we're in a, in our stalls. Then the next thing I know before I could say anything else or think anything else. Now I got this hole, uh, just to my left, uh, the, I was in the first stall and, and the holes to my left. Next thing I know, I see this big black anaconda come through the wall. All right. A penis y'all. And it was erect. And for, I mean, I, I gave you all the warning ahead of time. It was erect, and it was, <laughs> for a lack of a better description, it was jumping up and down with what all I could only assume was the guy's heartbeat, right? It was throbbing, and he's like, hey, hey, you want to suck it? Suck it, man, suck it. And I was like, it's hiding here. It's hiding here. <laughs> It's hot in here, right? And he's like, well, yeah, it's hot in here, but go, go, why don't you give it a suck? I'm like, it's hot in here. And so here they come. Those two detectives come running in, and I told them I was going to be in the first stall. They kicked the door in the second stall, pulled the guy out, his erect penis and everything, and they put him against the wall and you know, tell him to pull his pants up and, and cuff him and stuff him and we get a uniform patrol guy to come over and pick him up and take him to the jail. We'll worry about him. We'll book him later, right? But hey, that's this is a serious felony charge, obscenity at the very worst. I mean, at the very least, which you know, you get convicted of that, you have to register as a sex offender, and your life is screwed for the rest of your life. Everywhere you go to live, you have to mail out the notices. You got to, you know, the you listed as a sex offender on the Louisiana Sex Offender Registry. It's just bad shit, okay? So great arrest. You know, Chief Foster's got to be happy about that one, right? So we leave that location. We go to the next one. The world has become a smaller place, and people are traveling more freely between countries than ever before. And companies are doing more business outside of their home countries than ever before. The geniuses at Rosetta Stone saw this trend beginning to develop years ago and have dedicated decades toward researching and refining the best and most efficient way to teach someone a new language. Rosetta Stone has been one of our most loyal sponsors here at Real Life Real Crime and The Daily Show, and that's because many of you out there have trusted Rosetta Stone to prepare you for everything from a family reunion to a once-in-a-lifetime trip to a business trip in a faraway country. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program in the galaxy. Rosetta Stone's been there for us with a great product at a great price. 
Rosetta Stone is a trusted expert in language learning for 30 years with millions of users. Rosetta Stone's intuitive process helps you pick up a new language naturally so you retain what you learn, and their true accent speech recognition feature is like having a personal trainer. So don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Real Life Real Crime and The Daily Show listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today, today. Au revoir. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And, but we're riding to the next one. Boom. I'm sorry. Boom. We're riding to the next one. They're laughing at me the whole time. And they were like, oh, did you see how big that thing was? And, hey, you want to suck it, Woody? You want to suck it? Oh, Woody, why don't you just put it in your mouth and suck it? And and I'm like, uh-huh, fuck you, fuck you. I'm never going to live this down. This is after the Cajun Queen stuff from previous episodes, right? And so, yeah, they're like, come on, suck it, Cajun Queen. And I'm like, okay, motherfuckers. So one will say the younger one detective was really riding my ass. Now we're friends, right? And, and you know, known each other forever and I, everything, put our lives in each other, hands every day and all that kind of stuff, work case together. But now, you know, nobody can ride a cop like another cop. And not ride it in a sexual term, y'all. I mean, like riding and joking and razzing and, and, and haze them and everything else. But I was catching it nonstop. So we get out the second stage and location. And I'm like, fuck you. I'm not doing it this time. And though this location was the one that did not have, we cruised the first one, the second one that had the glory hole. This one, there was nobody there. We went to, uh, it's like 1230. By this time we went to the third location that did not have the glory hole. And there was nobody there. I said, well, you know, we go off. My, I said, I'm not doing it. Fuck that. You're doing it. This, this one. And I'm not gonna say his name. And he's like, I guess it's only fair. And I was a little bit pissed off, uh, but not really pissed off. And, and, and but he was like, you know, if I do it, you're gonna suck it. And I was like, fuck you. Put the microphone on. Go in. Right. So he mic'd him up, and he went in the undercover car, and he pulled up. But on this park, y'all. There was one way in, it's a big circle around, and one way out. You can't, There's no two-way traffic. But there were cars parked intermittently throughout the park, if you will. But you don't know what they're parking there. They could be eating their lunch or doing whatever. So we send them in and undercover. Well, of course, we all had undercover vehicles, but when we made the first pass through, and we send them in in the unmarked, undercover, hoopty mobile is what we call it, and – he goes in, 
uh, he parks. And, man, as soon as he parks, one of the, the guys, and it was a white Volvo station wagon. I'll never forget it. The uh, it was, had been parked at the at the front entrance to park where they, they could see when the vehicles turn in and come around. He followed him. He immediately follows him, follows him around uh, to the bathroom. Uh, the detective goes in, and he didn't realize this guy was this close. And, and the detective goes in to the restroom. This white Volvo station wagon comes in, skidding in sideways like Bo and Luke do. I mean, like he's in a hurry. Uh, uh, not that bad, y'all, but he came in there really fast and parked Caddy Corner or whatever and almost ran into this white male gets out, an older gentleman in a business suit, okay, in tie. And he goes in the bathroom. Well, the detective had gone in and he went to the first urinal because that, not because of the plan, but because he had to urinate. So he's actually urinating when this guy comes into the bathroom and the guy comes straight over to him and, and looks down on the detective while he's urinating and says, Hey, that's nice, man. That's nice. And the detective's like, didn't, I mean, he didn't mean to get caught in a situation. He's like, Oh, oh and, and so he's, you can hear him zipping himself up. And the guy's like, no, you don't have to put it up, baby. You don't have to put it up. And he said, "I want to. I want to see it. Let me touch it. Let me. Let me suck on it for you." And he's like, "Oh no, no." He said, "He says it's hot in here." And my my detective that I was with was like, "Let's go." I said, "Nope. Let's let him wait a minute." I don't think I heard it correctly. And so you get um, the guy's proposition totally. He's like. No, I, mean, I, I told you not to put up. Look, I'll take mine out, and you could hear the pants unzip, and you, you could hear him masturbating, and and the detective's going, "It's hiding here, it's hiding here." And my buddy's going, "Man, Woody, we got to go." I said, "Nope, you give it a second. And he's like, "It's hiding here," and I said, "All right, let's go." So we go in, and you still hear him going, "It's hiding here, it's hiding here." We enter the bathroom. When you enter the bathroom, the two stalls on the left, two urinals on the right, and there's a dead space on the brick wall in the back. The detective has his back against the wall. The guy in the suit is in front of him with his pants down, masturbating on him. And I was like, holy shit. So we grab him, slam him against the wall, um, pat Friston down, had him pull his own pants up, you know, and then handcuff him, right, and say, you're under arrest. Actually... Actually, by waiting a second, I got a better charge because it would, would have been just obscenity had he been masturbating. But the the very fact that he was masturbating and he actually touched the detective with his penis <laughs> made it a sexual battery charge, which is even better. And look, so we cuffed him up, and that detective was so fucking mad at me. And I mean, he was like fighting mad. He's red in the face. He said, you son of a bitch. Yeah, I, I said, it's hiding here. It's hiding here. I said, yeah, but um, and, you, know, you asked me that, you know, that I want to suck it again. And it, I, that was my way of getting the back at him. I probably shouldn't have done it. Um, but so we're going to get another unit, take the guy to jail go to jail, do the paperwork and everything. And the, the, Hey, my buddy won't even talk to me. I mean, he's got the real case of the red ass, but Hey, we got a better charge now because he actually touched him with his penis. And it, he said, 
And I was like, man, fuck, why didn't you pull your pistol and arrest him? And he said, I, because I would have had to slide down in front of him when, when he's on top of me masturbating and get my pistol out out of my ankle holster. And he said, I wasn't going to do that. And he said, I mean, he called me everything but a child of God, and rightfully so. But, you know, detectives getting back into Texas. I, I thought it was pretty funny until I got back to my office and the phone rings. And I answer it, Detective Overton, he said, come down to my office. It was Chief Foster. I was like, oh, fuck. And I mean, this time there was no doubt I was getting called on the red carpet. So I took that long walk down that staircase, walked down the hallway. I walk in, and uh, Miss Jackie uh, Lockhart was his secretary, and she looked at me, and and she she had his outer office's desk in the old courthouse, and she looked at me, and she just started shaking her head. It's like you know, she knew. Evidently, she had heard what had gone on, and she was shaking her head like, oh, your ass is in a crack this time. So I go in, and, and uh, he, Mr. Kearney said, shut the door. And I shut the door, and, I, and he said, come here. And I, and I went to sit down. He said, no, don't sit down. He said, what in the fuck were you doing? I, I said, what are you talking about, Mr. Kearney? He said, you know what I'm talking about? I mean, you, you, didn't, you delayed on going in when he gave the code word. And you, why, why did you do that? And, and, and I told him, some, be honest with you, Mr. Kearney, because I don't lie to you. You know that. I said I was a little pissed off on the first time when they, they kept razzing me about, or he kept, specifically, he kept razzing me about, um, you know, you want to suck it? You know, come on, man, suck it. And, and, and he kept asking me, what are you going to suck it, et cetera. I said, you know what? I should have been a bigger person. I I should have gone in when I've heard the first it's hiding here. He said, you damn right you should have. You know, he could have been armed and da 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 And y'all, he's 100,000% correct. And and uh, I should have done it and uh, shouldn't have waited, but. It was funny as fuck, and I'm still laughing about it to this day, uh, other than the fact that Mr. Kearney chewed my ass up and down. And it was like, da 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 I mean, he was furious. And and then when he got done, um, he didn't suspend me or anything like that. When he got, you know, he said, boy, you know, I expect better of you than that. And I, I get that he was razzing you. And, you know, I get why you did what you did and you, you thought it was funny. I said, yes, sir, I did. And then he, he laughed and he started laughing. He said, it is kind of funny. <laughs> he said, uh, but I bet you won't ever ask you, do you want to suck it again? So that's it. It was a short one. I know it was dirty, um, but I just want to give you all something this week. Now, this is my busiest week of the year. We got the crew bash. We got the VIP event Friday night, February 4th this week. And the crew bash is Saturday night. So, I've, you know, I got uh, Courtney Coco's case in Alexandria. I'm going to be in court for on Monday. So, and we're in the middle of all this transition. And so everything is is being redone and brand new. I just wanted to drop you all a quick little episode. Hopefully I made you laugh. Uh, I just was thinking about it last night. And how can I give you a little something without not giving you anything. So hope you enjoyed it, and I'll conclude this episode of Glory Hole. Now, 
I'll talk to you about the crew bash in Lopa. Really important, y'all. Friday night, the VIP event is at the Basin. You can go online because we opened up a few more ticket sales for it. I don't know when you're hearing this if they'll be there or not. Probably not. But if you want to come Friday night, it's from 7 o'clock until 2 o'clock till they kick us out. Private event. Nobody else will be allowed in but VIPs. It's $20, okay? Now, we sold out the the original allotment of VIPs, which included the um, VIP event and the early entry into the show Saturday nights. But because it's, it's such a big venue, we added a few more. And, and I had a lot of lifers that were saying, hey, Woody, I can't make it Saturday night, but I'd like to come Saturday um, Friday night to the VIP event. So we those are 20 bucks a piece on eventbrite.com. Check and see if they're still there. If you want to come, this is what's going to happen. I'm going to show up. I'm going to sign autographs, take pictures with everybody, and spend my time with you, right? It's not like at the live on Saturday night. If you're in the crowd, certainly when I get done with my show and Chase Taliban takes the stage, I'm going to be up there signing autographs and taking pictures as long as I can, but I can't, I won't get to spend as much time as I will with you on on Friday night. Um, but Friday night, I'm going to take my time with every single person that's there. That's why we limit the number. And then uh, we're going to have a DJ because we have Chase Tyler live Saturday night. And once I get done uh, doing the pictures and the autographs and all that, I am right there in the middle of the crowd with you all night long. We're going to drink. We're going to party. We're going to dance. We're going to have a good time. And so it really is a VIP experience. Uh, but you all are very important people to me anyway, if you can make it or you can't. But this last year we did it. We have lifers coming in from all over the United States for this, right? We sold out the Hilton already downtown just on that alone. So last year we did it. Uh, unannounced just for the people that were coming in from out of town and had a room for four hours at, uh, at another place. And it was, it was a great success. And, and I got to sign autographs and then we, we threw it down, but only for four hours this time you get it for the whole night until they kick us out. And we'll probably stumble back to the hotel together. Or if you need an Uber, we'll get you one home, whatever. Um, but, but that same night, only that night, we're going to have Captain Calvin Duvall, Duvall's Cajun Charters, had a custom-built fishing rod donated to him by one of his sponsors for his uh, charter company. Captain Duvall then went out and spent his own money on a high-dollar fishing reel, the same ones he uses on his charter boat. And I'm telling you, it's, it's top-of-line first class y'all and then he even went further and spent the money on having that he spooled it himself with the fishing line and that fishing line if you don't know anything about braided fishing line it's expensive so it's like a 700 hundred dollar deal at the vip we're going to sell tickets for one dollar a piece for a chance to, um to win that custom built fishing rod and the reel that captain Duvall put on it and it's totally rigged up fish so you have to be there for that to win that one a dollar a piece and we'll announce the winner at the end of the night and they'll get the pole will be there and they'll get it but lopa raffle y'all 
last year we raised eight thousand dollars for them, and uh, we had we had Captain Duvall, Duvall's Cajun Charter donated a fit, fishing trip, guided fishing trip with me. Real Life Real Crime donated the hotel room at the marina for the winter. Jim Chapman, a local leaders podcast, donated a $600 Yeti ice chest for the winter to take their fish home in. And then Miss Tiffany Seacard with Home Key Mortgage donated another Yeti ice chest, which was a separate drawing. Now, this year, we've taken that through the roof. And y'all have heard my episodes already on it. McLar Whitetail Adventures donated a turkey, four-day guided turkey hunt and a four-day Got a whitetail hunt. That's like sixteen thousand dollars alone, y'all, for those two. Then Jim Chapman of Local Leaders Podcast donated a full podcast. And like like he said, um, it, that that's the production and the promotion across all the social media and everything else, and the the business owner getting to tell their pod their story. Right when Jim Chapman puts the human face on business owners and He's had phenomenal success. The Jim has donated that this year through local leaders and it's full service. And even if you don't, if you win that and you don't own a business, you know someone who owns a business and they can get that benefit. And Miss Tiffany Seacard has stepped up again through Home Key Mortgage and added another Yeti ice chest to the drawing. Then, um, Peg Courtney with Adele Spa has donated a $500 gift certificate. Um, the Susan has donated this huge, humongous quilt. And y- y'all go look it up on social media. I'm, I'm, I'm forget somebody has donated the quilt. The, the Southern Boutique out of Livingston has donated a total of $400 worth of prizes. Grainworks has donated a custom built charcuterie board. Um, it's there'll never be in, in another one like it in the history of the world. Uh, and again, Captain Duvall is Duvall's Cajun Charters donated another guided fishing trip out of Delacroix. Y'all, it's a plethora of prizes. And if I've left anybody out, then I apologize. But go look on our social media. It's ten dollars. It's fifteen dollars for one ticket, and it's ten dollars if you get ten tickets. And it's all electronic now. You go to any of your social media and you see the QR code, scan it, put in your information. It's all totally secure. You can submit your payment and then your your name and the amount of tickets you bought is entered into the computer system that we're using for the drawing. And so there's no physical tickets that you have to worry about. You don't have to be present to win um, in Live on stage at the Crew Bash, we're, we're going to get the sponsors up there, and we're going to have Miss Lori Steele with LOPA, Louisiana Organ Procurement Agency, draw for the winner. And uh, then we will present the check of however much we raise through these, these donations and through y'all buying the raffle tickets. Um, we'll present that to LOPA. And that's the Louisiana Oregon Procurement Agency, y'all, and they save lives every day. It's a nonprofit. It's my baby. Um, so look it up if you would and buy a ticket. I mean, you get 
for 15 bucks, a chance to win over $20,000 in prizes. You buy If you buy 10 tickets, you get 10 chances. You might win all, all the prizes. I mean, who knows? The luck of the draw. But it's important, and I appreciate y'all um, for doing that and share that. And, and if you know somebody that likes to hunt or fish or likes a quilt or has a business that wants a chance of winning the podcast or wants a Yeti ice chest or, or a custom-made uh, charcuterie board or whatever, let them know. It, uh, it, it, all 100% of this goes to Lopa, y'all. 100% of the proceeds go to Lopa. And these people have given generously, donated generously these prizes. Let's blow it up for Lopa. Let's, you know, help save lives, okay? Last time, last time you'll hear it this year, Crew Bash tickets are sale on sale at eventbrite.com. It's on the Real Life Real Crime third annual Crew Bash. That night, Saturday, February 5th, is my 52nd birthday. More importantly, it's the third birthday of Real Life Real Crime, the podcast. And y'all, I love all you lifers. Thank you so much. We're growing phenomenally and it's just blowing up like never before. And I appreciate each and every one of you. Patreon and convicts, I said it once, I said it a million times. Thank you so much. The show wouldn't run without you. Thank you for um, following us. I will be releasing, I promise you this, within the next two weeks, I will be releasing a never-before-heard full Patreon convict episode to put up in y'all's vaults. Okay, I'm a little bit behind on that, but I'll catch up on it. But thank you for your support. Can't be a patron member or a convict. I get that. And I love you just as much. Y'all go download the the Real Life Real Crime community app from the App Store for free. It has everything that's Real Life Real Crime across all my social media pages put into one spot. It doesn't get censored by anybody but me. That's priceless in, in itself, right? Go there, but it has so much more than what you get. If you like Real Life Real Crime, go download it. Just check it out. But back to the, the Basin, February 5th, we're, we're celebrating my birthday, Real Life Real Crime's birthday, a lot of new things that are about to happen. I'm going to be announcing at that show. Then um, we're doing the, the local drawing, and I'm going to do a never-before live adult podcast and it's going to be crowd interactive. If you made the other two crew bashes, you know what I'm talking about. But this one's going to be even more so. I got something special planned for y'all. So you get your tickets at eventbrite.com. Um, that also will be at the basin. Oh, big, big thing. We changed from the Texas Club to the basin for a multitude of reasons. But the, the basin ultimately is going to be a much better um, event place for us. So that's where it's going to be at y'all both nights. The VIP is going to be at the basin and then the third annual crew bash will be at the basin on Saturday night. So it's not no longer at the Texas club and come out. We're going to rock it. Life for small of the United States will be there. I can't wait. Stoked. So excited. So excited about everything. Real life, real crime. And I can't wait to next week when you get to hear all the new good stuff and be a hero. If you're an organ donor, if you're a lifer from 
Okinawa, Japan, and you don't have to be from Louisiana. You want to sign up to be an organ donor, go to lopa.org, and it takes like two minutes, y'all. Fill it out. Give the gift of life. Be a hero. And I'm Woody Overton, your host of Real Life, Real Crime, the podcast. Until next time or ever, don't let me catch you down on Murder by You. Peace. Yeah, the right to remain silent. Anything you say can and will be used against you in a court of law. You have a right to an attorney prior to or during any question. If you can't afford one, the court will appoint one for you. Do you understand your rights? And the wolf is at your door. You're running so that's for sure. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.